the Barbie girl. The Barbie world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> you can brush my hair. Undress me everywhere. Imagination. <laughs> Life is your creation. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Ah, 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 yeah. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Hello. Hello. <laughs> ah, and that lovely duo was Cam and Mal. And this is Their Eyes Were Watching TV, a TV and film podcast. When you said you want to do an interactive call and response opening, I thought you were just going to be like, hi, Barbie. And then I was going to say, hi, Barbie. <laughs> Did not expect the song. <laughs> I had to give it to him, man. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's back, baby. Oh, my God. Today, we are obviously talking about the film Barbie. So if you have not seen it yet, uh, there will definitely be spoilers if you care about that kind of thing. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend seeing it because it's it was fun as hell. It was. It was. Yeah. So Cam, do you want to get us started with some news? Sure. I just got two quick things, I believe. Um, have you heard that there is going to be a golden bachelor? No. Does that mean like a bachelor over like 60 or something yes it does oh okay abc or nbc one of the abc i believe is the network that it comes on it's premiering this fall and it is a bachelor spinoff and it is a chance for older individuals supposedly 65 and up okay the chance to find love with someone to share their uh sunset years as they call it Oh God. Um, <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, you know what? That's kind of poetic to put it that way, but also still depressing. Like you're still over the hill and things are going down. <laughs> In the sunset of your life. Thanks. That, that feels good. Uh I'm I'm really interested in this because I feel like we don't really get to see enough of that. And I mean, I feel like there's like a lot of people of that age like over 60 where you know you find yourself divorced or widowed or just single for whatever reason and like you shouldn't feel like there's no opportunity for you to date or for you to not find love so I think that's really cool we know you ride hard for the octogenarians uh <laughs> okay those are 80 somethings <laughs> not quite the same <laughs> Well, apparently the show is, you know, right for your demographic because that's literally what it is about. This uh my golden. demographic. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> oh, well, the gentleman, his name is uh Gary Turner. He is a widower, a father of two, and a grandfather of two. All hmm. ladies. So he's a girl dad times two. Okay. His wife, sadly, died only, I think, six weeks after retiring. Ooh, oh, my God. That's the worst. Wow. Live it up while you can, people. Live it up while you can. Yeah. yeah. But he lives in Indiana on a lake. Mm, nice. Oh, uh, Indiana. Well, yes. <laughs> but if you're into that. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm assuming he's a white man. Oh, he's a he's a zaddy now. Uh, I'm gonna show you to him. Uh, let me see. Let me see how I put the screen. Share my screen. Grand zaddy. Okay. Guess that's him on the lake. <laughs> Got that good canoe behind him. Yeah, he's a retired okay. restaurateur. Yeah, he's definitely definitely looks very stylish and it's daughters and granddaughters that's cute now the question on everybody's mind how the bitch is gonna be right i mean we were all thinking it why they gots to be bitches? <laughs> we were all thinking it <laughs> supposedly they have been casting women who are of his age not younger women Oh, I actually just assumed that was going to happen. I thought you meant like um, the racial demographics. Oh, no. I I was concerned about, uh, is this going to be The Bachelor just with an older man <laughs> and younger? Oh, that woman? would have pissed me off. Say so you'd have talked to like a 24-year-old. <laughs> I would have been furious. Exactly. Nobody wants to see that. So I think right. they are going to get this right. So okay, hmm. will you be tuning in to The Golden Bachelor? I might check it out. I'm not really um, a bachelor or bachelorette gal. I did watch the Rachel Lindsay season for obvious reasons. Same, same. Um, and I watched a good chunk of the Matt James uh, season, which was a regret. But oh, <laughs> that, is that a black that man? One, that, was the, that was the black guy. He's the first black oh, bachelor. Yeah. And not, it was, he was mixed, which he loved to tell us and tell us about his struggle um, <laughs> trying to fit into one world. But he <laughs> didn't just pick a white woman. He picked a white woman um, where pictures came out where she had been to like some like veteran yes. or like antebellum party. I, um, <laughs> I was like, of all the white girls, <laughs> this, is, this is the one you had to go with. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely... Uh, I'll, I'll definitely give this uh, the silver fox a chance. <laughs> okay. Um, have you heard of the show Love and Marriage Huntsville? With Sheree's boyfriend Martel? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He is on that show. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I was so wrapped up in this little story. I completely forgot about Martel Holt. <laughs> but yes, on that same show of Horrible Husbands. There is one that has always been like the least horrible out of all of them named Maurice, his wife, mm-hmm. Kimmy. They were actually, you know, like a cute couple. He, again, on the scale of like terrible husbands, he was like on the lower end. Not so bad. But well, a, what new, did do? a new, a <laughs> new thing has popped up that I think takes him to the very top of horrible husbands oh damn and i just need to get outside opinions you know to see what y'all think because y'all my peoples um (laughs) so his wife kimmy was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2022 Mm. so there was a scene on this latest season of their show where he is persuading his wife who has cancer and is undergoing treatment for cancer to have sex with him twice a day to fulfill his <clears throat> needs. Oh my God. You heard that. Twice a day to fulfill his needs. Wow. 
he goes on to defend this stance on the show and uh, with his wife and on an interview with Carlos King, Lord Jesus, on his podcast. And he goes on to say, there's a difference between wants and needs, and I'm a person who actually needs sex. <laughs> Sir, that's called oh my a God. sex addiction. If you need sex, like, it's a want. Right. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. And if you do, you might want to get yourself looked into. I cannot imagine, like, having a spouse going through cancer and being like, yeah, but who's gonna fuck me? Like, are are you out of your mind? Oh, yeah. That is like that's so fucking selfish. I mean, selfish is like an understatement. Like that's just fucking cruel. He goes on to say, "Life throws us curveballs, like when we're going through right now, and what Kimmy is doing is admirable as a spouse." And he's referring to her continuing to have sex with him while she is undergoing cancer treatments. To roll over and suffer through it, fake it all for me, because at that moment, it's something that she completely didn't desire. I look at it as her standing by me while I'm standing by her. Can you believe that's what that man said? Like, so this is what he's saying on the Carlos King, like, interview to clarify the scene? To clarify the scene. Wow. Where they're talking about it, and he says, like, he needs it twice a day, and she's saying, like, that's excessive. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I can't even, I can't even believe you're, like, standing ten toes down <laughs> for this. <laughs> right. Like, for this. It's excessive to try to, like, right. It's excessive to, like, try to make that a requirement, period. But, like, she's going through, I'm assuming, chemotherapy or some other kind of treatment right now and you're like hey but i need this like Mm -hmm. she has baffled she has triple negative breast cancer which is like one of the worst and like most rarest forms that you can have and she says Um, in a in a people article she said as a woman i feel pretty strong mentally physically and psychologically i was in pretty good health at the end of the day but these medications they will just beat you up i was exhausted almost mm. to tears there were various aspects of it that were extremely daunting the nausea of it all it was just overwhelming the numb it the numbness the tingling like my fingertips and my toes i was extremely short of breath from a little bit of lung damage it affects your taste buds and there were so many foods i couldn't tolerate i just felt sick mm. But you had to have sex twice a day. I don't, I just, I can't even, like, I can't even imagine being that position. Like, that's so awful. I'm so sorry for that woman. Like, I can't, oof, oof, man. And I, I wonder, like, because you, obviously, like, people can show whatever on TV. It may be different in real life. But I wonder if this even kind of came as, as a surprise to her that this is how he re- would react under these kind of dire circumstances. Like, and I feel like that would be like so heartbreaking. Like this is, you know, my husband who I've loved for however many years, and like you're treating me as kind of a sexual object, like and like just having no um, no compassion for what I'm going through. Like that's to quote uh, Kid 
Fury and Chris will break up with him. Like, <laughs> like, Immediately. Yeah, I'm sure you have enough family and friends who can support you. Like the like that should never fucking be tolerated. Right. I mean, he takes those vows in sickness and in health. <laughs> oh, way <laughs> too seriously. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you must do ignoring the <laughs> oh no in right. sickness and in health you better perform yeah. <laughs> oh, and ignoring gosh. the flip side of what he's supposed to be doing in sickness right. and in health right i just wow. i can't even now she did i think i heard that she semi defended him saying like i know basically what his sexual proclivities are and people were interpreting that as like like girl run even more if like you had to do this to keep him around and like keep him interested and satisfied <laughs> so he wouldn't like cheat right like that's that's right. even worse that's even worse right yeah exactly so. like if you have to put yourself through that to try to quote unquote keep somebody it's not it's not worth it it's, it's never worth it it's not so pray for yeah. Kimmy pray for kimmy yeah man wow put her on you wow. prayer warrior list yeah not him making martell look like a stand-up guy <laughs> i mean <laughs> my gosh he looks like a saint wow. compared to this man <laughs> and i've never even watched love and i say love and huntsville was it love and marriage <laughs> <laughs> but from what I've heard about Martel, you know, he was cheating and stuff, but this is, uh, I mean, obviously cheating is unacceptable too, but this is just, that's wild. Yeah. I would have expected this behavior actually from Martel. <laughs> Not yeah. this yeah. guy. Like he, he honestly has been, right. I mean, I haven't watched the show in years, but seemingly a decent husband, but I guess he, this is a second marriage. Anywho, we're, di- we're diving way too deep. Uh, I hope you have a, a much lighter story next <laughs> than this. Oh, you know I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I guess I guess I can move things around, put something lighter first. Um, Please. Hold okay, hold on. Sandwich it, sandwich it. Okay. So it looks like some of the Real Housewives have been inspired by the Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild strikes, and uh, they are pushing to form a reality TV union. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, find them jobs gone real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So... It seems to be led by Bethany Frankel, former Real Housewife of New York, and some of uh, her fellow um, Bravo celebrities who are co-signing include Cynthia Bailey, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, Leanne Locken, and Margaret Josephs. Good for them. That'll that'll show some solidarity and really stick it to the man, force them to really negotiate and come to the table with all of them. Because the yeah. default is when this is happening, you know, reality TV booms because you don't need writers. And yeah, that's a very good point because I feel like everyone's kind of like, all right, we're about to have a whole bunch of like reality TV on deck. And that's kind of going to be it for the next however long. Yeah. 
And it was interesting too. Did you watch Nini's interview with Carlos King? <laughs> that no. came out like last week. So she was basically saying when their first season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, I think she said they only got paid like $10,000 like for the season. Mm. And then maybe like, obviously like the first, like it blew up like first season. I think maybe at the end they got like an extra, I can't remember if she said like maybe like 5,000 or some something like five, not over 10, I don't think. And then I think she said they didn't really start seeing real money until like season three or four which is pretty crazy, like, seeing mm. how popular they were. So this this might be, like, a really good thing, especially for people who are breaking into reality TV and not, like, seasoned, um, seasoned stars of, like, these long-running shows. So former Real Housewives of Dallas star Leanne Locken said, I think it's a good idea. I hate to say it. I think the audience for a long time felt like we got paid every time it aired and we didn't. We got paid when we created it. That's the only time we ever got paid for it. And then they, in perpetuity, can run it forever, anywhere in the world, over and over again. You're making money off my mistakes, off my one-liners, off my back, end quote. That's fair. Also, I didn't, sorry, go ahead. That's fair. I was going to say, but that's kind of the beauty of reality TV is that you get people that are like kind of desperate for money <laughs> to do ridiculous things. <laughs> like that's the entertainment part of it. <laughs> like to think those people who did 60 days in for, I think they were only making like $30,000 maybe if they made it through or like $20,000. I was like, oh that that doesn't seem like enough <laughs> to me <laughs> well well now those motherfuckers are crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's much different than taking a little little trip to the smoky mountains or whatever the cabin <laughs> 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 they should definitely be paid more <laughs> well that's a um, great thing you get great tv <laughs> <laughs> true but I do think it would be fair at least like even if they can keep playing it I feel like they should be getting some kind of residuals I think I thought because actors on you know dramas and sitcoms and stuff they get paid residuals Mm -hmm. so I guess I just assumed it would be the same for reality stars Mm -hmm. so I do think it would be fair if they got paid something for that but then I guess that's probably going to turn into a thing like what the other guilds are dealing with where you get paid like I think like some of the writers are saying they get paid like 12 cents per like episode or whatever that recurs. So, you know, it might be a good idea for them to try to get this union going. So it'll be interesting, but then I don't know. I feel like it also doesn't take them to the point of being like actors of sort, you know, like improv (laughs) because they're already Mm -hmm. on here self-producing and like very aware of the cameras and social media and how they're perceived even when they're like new season one, you know, to reality TV. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough. I I could see that maybe a little more too, if they weren't making these networks so much money. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah. When you put, put it in that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, a show that we discussed on this podcast that we really enjoyed, HBO's The Last of Us, has received um, a total of 24 Emmy nominations. Wow. Okay. So those nominations include 
Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for Young Bella Ramsey, Outstanding Drama Series for the show, um, Outstanding Narrator, Outstanding Guest Actor, and Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for Pedro Pascal. And he is apparently the first Latino actor to be nominated in the lead actor category at the Emmy since 1999. Oh, well, 99. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Also, little Kevon Montreal Woodard, um, who played Ooh. the little brother on The Last of Us, who is deaf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was also nominated. He's the second deaf actor ever to be nominated for acting um, after Marley Matlin. Oh, look yeah. at that. We talked about both of those people on this show <laughs> <laughs> before this article. <laughs> Are you going to talk about Miss Tina? Well, she's not an actor, so I wasn't. <laughs> but... Wait, wait, what did you say? Oh, oh, right. oh I, I totally forgot. I was about to say, oh, well, she wasn't um oh, yeah. Michelle movie. I think that actually makes it funnier that you didn't even think about her husband. <laughs> I mean <laughs> obviously I she's the Beyonce of that relationship. She is in her shadow. Okay. Clearly. And, he, and he's no shade but he's also not jay-z so it's just, I didn't, it just but of course the milkman i know the milkman because he always delivers <laughs> oh well yes apparently miss tina is divorcing her man yeah how does bianca feel about this <laughs> i would be I'm, devastated I was I was thinking that like I've but I've never seen like any pictures of Bianca with Solange or Beyonce so I'm like do they hang out like are they you know, are they close so I don't know maybe she's not really faced dang I don't I don't know I'd hate to lose that proximity maybe they get well you know just because the parents divorce it doesn't mean the kids have to Right, we're like we still sisters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you ain't gonna like, do me like your other. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Mm-mm. Oh, please don't come for me. Please don't come for me, Beehive. Beehive, come for her because that was unnecessary. <laughs> that is Matthew's uh, offspring. They ain't got nothing to do with Bee or Solange or Miss Tita. <laughs> that was him laying it low and spreading it wide. <laughs> Ooh, but the kids are innocent. <laughs> that don't mean they gotta have a relationship. I'm sure if uh, something, you know, uh, crisis happened, I'm sure they would probably help out. But uh, I mean, what are y'all talking to him? Hey, he, he's like what ten? What are they gonna talk to him about? <laughs> Ooh. Oh man, I mean, I'm sad to see it happen. Like I, I was honestly shocked until I heard he was liking porn on Twitter and. Also, that there's porn on Twitter. I didn't know that was the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, which I always forget about. And then like, like <clears throat> you'll see someone like have a funny reply to like a viral tweet, and then like I'll click on their page, and then you scroll, and then you see like full on porn, and it's always jarring because I completely forgot. I think it's like the one social media site where like you can 
Mm. Do that. And also, it's not even Twitter anymore. Now it's called X, which (laughs) makes it sound even more like X rated. But yeah, someone took a little video of his likes before he unliked everything. It was, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't think he had anything. He had anything like, it was like regular porn, I guess, but it was still weird. Like, you know, like we can see this, right? You're somebody's grandpa. You're Miss Tina's husband. You're Beyonce's stepfather. Yeah. Can't do this. (laughs) Right, right. You will not besmirch the Noel's legacy <laughs> <laughs> and I know you have not been on Twitter in a while but they have this thing called bookmarks now so okay. if you bookmark something people cannot see your bookmarks but you know he is like in his early 70s I think so maybe he didn't know about that but you could have saved these for later if you wanted to in private <laughs> but you publicly like them so yeah but Tina was at um the B show was it last night or two nights ago with uh, Oprah and Gail. So she having a good time. <laughs> oh, Tina will be fine. Okay. <laughs> she never yeah. needed Mr. Richard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's good. Okay. But <laughs> I was just concerned about Bianca. <laughs> I think Bianca will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the when they do the golden bachelorette, they can have Miss Tina. <laughs> no, don't don't put that on Miss Tina, okay? Ugh. At, Unless, she needs to be on like Millionaire Matchmaker, and I don't know, damn. Uh, okay. Well, that show hasn't existed in like a decade, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> uh, or what was that? Uh, the show you told me about with like Evelyn and Tamar. <laughs> oh. I, for, I forgot that show was called also completely <laughs> forgot to watch it now that you bring it up but yeah she could do something like that like a um where the well but also that's kind of the same thing as a bachelor really but less cheesy you don't have to do like silly challenges and the dates are classier i feel like <laughs> and less oh. like produced you know yeah i could totally see um Tina being like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing no little like finger painting challenge, <laughs> whatever they be having them do on there. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, okay, so this is uh, a little sad. Had some celeb uh deaths over the past few days. First, Paul Rubin, who we all know as Pee Wee Herman, passed away. Yeah. Oh, you hadn't heard that. Yeah, it was like... Uh, wasn't he like a... Was there some controversy? Was he like there, a creeper at some point? Like a... Well, so it was kind of weird, like, and I haven't, like, like looked this up in a while, but, like, he was arrested for, like, I think it was, like, in an adult theater. I'm not 100% sure. I think it was an adult theater. But he was arrested because he was masturbating in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, But then I remember there was something where, like, they, like, came and like took some of his porn or something oh. but and then i just remember people being like but this was like in his house <laughs> like oh. kind of his like private business but uh yeah i think like people kind of get it mixed up because he was like a you know children star so i think people are like oh was it like kitty porn but i'm pretty sure there was nothing like it was like all like adult stuff so nothing weird in that regard 
okay but no yeah. i i used to love um i, I think like the first peewee Herman movie i loved peewee's big adventure did i i probably saw that as a kid i don't remember anything about it though it was not a children's movie by any <laughs> oh uh-oh <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> for adults <laughs> Oh damn! I remember watching his show that like used to come on Saturday mornings. Though he had a show, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Am I making that up? Huh. Yeah, he had a show. Pee Wee's, so, yeah, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, Playhouse. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I guess was he the American Mr. Bean? Hmm. Oh, hmm. Mr. Bean used to crack me up. I don't know who the American Mr. Bean would be. So the or Paul Rubin's um, Instagram account announced that he had passed um and that he had been secretly battling cancer and i guess he like made a statement that he wanted released after his death that said quote please accept my apology for not going public with what i've been facing the last six years i've always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends fans and supporters i've loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you hmm that's nice. And then I'm sure everyone has heard uh, Angus Cloud, who starred as mm-hmm. fan favorite Fesco on the HBO show Euphoria, passed away at the age of 25. Um, yeah. They, ha- Yeah, everyone was really shocked about that one. He allegedly or uh, reportedly passed away at his home in Oakland and they haven't announced i don't believe they've announced an official cause of death um but her mom or his mom called 911 and said she thought he may have had a possible overdose and he his i think his birthday was like just july 10th and then his dad passed away and Mm he um actually like just buried his dad last week and was apparently really depressed and had been battling suicidal thoughts after his dad's funeral so he was staying with his family to try to um i guess try to like help with that grief so yeah not sure if the well whatever i don't want to speculate on that but could have been accidental overdose or you know the grief just could have been too much but either way like that's really heartbreaking it is um yeah it just really is like it kind of feels I don't know, maybe art imitating life, you know, his character that he plays on that show. And like, he also gives me Mac Miller vibes or he's always given me like Mac Miller vibes, but I'm so sad. That's so sad. He was, he was such a great actor in that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's funny. These are not funny, but um, coincidentally you said he reminded you of Mac Miller because did you hear that they want him to play Mac Miller in his biopic no that makes total sense they kind of look alike <laughs> yeah yeah um, but he said I don't think I, I would be prepared to take on someone's life and legacy and try to replay that you know that man is a legend and he's going to remain one may he rest in peace you feel me so yeah always a class act yeah you just he what i loved about him is that like you know he was so new to hollywood that he would be in interviews just like still being himself and like uh no can i go now (laughs) (laughs) right 
<laughs> oh yeah that that red carpet interview was a classic i, I love like when people are real you know like this this crap is weird i don't want to answer right. these questions <laughs> uh. <laughs> right yeah i totally agree and the last thing i have much lighter it is a uh show cancellation but maybe it was time. <laughs> oh well, I was just saying, maybe it was time. We did talk about this briefly on another episode. The other two has been oh. canceled. Oh, yes. Yes, it and was time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't realize that. I don't know if they knew that filming the last season, if they found out midway through and tried to, like, change things around. But, like, the ending, like... I guess we were supposed to see like Brooke and Carrie kind of turning it around at the end, mm-hmm. but it, I, I don't know. It just felt like very rushed. And I just, I, I hate that. Like, Oh man, it was like such a good show. Like those first couple seasons. And then it just kind of, I don't know, to kind of end like this, like somewhat unexpectedly, like, yeah, that sucks. But does, especially when the last season sucked. Yeah. I mean, good. I I I got some laughs off, but we'll say it was, it, yeah, it wasn't as good as the, those first couple seasons, but yeah, but yeah, that is it for me with news. Okay, now to talk about Bobby, <laughs> as I'm sure you're aware, this movie has been a global phenomenon. It has so far made seven hundred million on its way to making a billion um mm. it is a film written and directed by greta gerwig who you may know from directing the film little woman and Lady Bird, i believe the movie is about barbie duh and ken <laughs> 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 and the synopsis basically is that they live in this really awesome barbie land and everything's perfect but they end up being able to go to the real world and they see what it's like to be humans and the cast is star-studded it stars margot robbie as stereotypical barbie i.e you know the 1950s quintessential barbie ryan gosling as ken or beach ken (laughs) Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie. Our girl Issa Rae as President Barbie. Okay. (laughs) Dua Lipa was Mermaid Barbies, in plural, because there were like three of them sometimes. Mm. Right. Simu Liu. Did I pronounce that right? I actually don't know. Yeah, Simu Liu. Okay. He is Tourist Kin, which... Is that offensive? <laughs> that the Asian character is tourist skin. I didn't even think about that. Also, I, I didn't realize that the Kins had different little, like, uh, person was saying. Yeah. Me either until I looked up the cast. <laughs> <laughs> America Ferreira as Gloria, the Mattel employee who helps Barbie. Michael Cera, surprised, as Alan. <laughs> Loved him. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> uh, surprise cameo with Rhea Perlman as yeah. the spirit of Ruth Hader, the co-founder of Mattel. 
Helen Mirren was the narrator, and Will Ferrell was the CEO of Mattel. <laughs> Just like, wasn't he the CEO in Lego? The Lego movie? I, I didn't see the Lego movie. Did you, you have? Yes, it's so good. <laughs> You've been watching a lot of kids' movies. I know you watch Croods 1 and 2. Like They're made for adults, okay? There's oh, the Lego movies? There's adult humor in there. Okay, I don't I didn't know. Okay, I I'll forgot. Check it out. You grew up on New Jack City. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who I'm dealing with. Right. Give give me a hard hitting drama any day. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So Barbie. I mean, the marketing ploy for this thing has been outrageous. <laughs> Just in your face all day, every day. We're still hearing about it. And I feel like generally like that might annoy me, but like I've loved it. Like enjoyed it. I'm I'm getting tired of it, but I enjoyed it before, you know, leading up to the movie, I'll say. Yeah. I'm I yeah, I'm still not tired of it. It's... I I'm irritated that they're like rebranding anything that's pink as Barbie core. Like <laughs> Oh, I have not heard that. What? I feel like that's half of it. That everything's Barbie core. Anything pink, Barbie core. I'm like it's just pink yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotta i guess you gotta catch the wave when you can right and look at us (laughs) right exactly (laughs) doing the same (laughs) like oh i'm sick of it but anyways back to barbie (laughs) okay so again spoilers abound so be ready barbie lives with all the other boss bitch barbies in barbie land and Barbie Land is this matriarchal society where all the important jobs are held by women. All the men, i.e. the kins, spend their entire days at the beach, being good at beach, which <laughs> is a thing. It's a job in Barbie Land. And their entire like mission in life is waiting for Barbie to notice them. That makes their lovely little kin days. <laughs> Uh, the Barbies in Barbie Land think they have completely solved feminism in the real world. So there is a Barbie land and a real world that exists in this universe. And I I love that in this Barbie land, there are only two people who are not Barbie and Ken. And that is Alan and Midge. <laughs> Barbie's pregnant friend, Midge. <laughs> I don't know if she's Barbie's friend because it seems like they be trying to ignore Midge a little bit. That, that's what that's what they say in the movie. Her friend. Oh, but Midge. then remember they were like, "Oh, but don't look at her for too long." <laughs> right, but it's like she was also. I love how the movie included all the like discontinued and failed Barbies that Mattel has ever produced. I.e., Midge. <laughs> oh yeah, then we did have the sugar daddy kid briefly as well. Yes. <laughs> but I think didn't we see? I think when we saw Midge, I think we saw Skipper or some like younger like kid or preteen Barbie too. Like she I was forgot. like beside Midge or something. I forgot the sister under Skipper's name. Um, yeah, that's why I think it was. Yeah, the kid one, but I don't remember her name. I had a couple of her too, but not many. Oh, okay. I was really into Barbie growing up. <laughs> I yeah, we'll get to. I wanted to ask you about that, but we'll we'll get to that. Okay, but the the credits at the end were all like the discontinued Barbies, which was pretty cool. They showed like pictures of them. Yeah, I love that. 
Okay, so again, back to boss bitch land. Ken, he's so desperate to get Barbie's attention, but she literally like stiff arms every approach that he has, and it really gets gets under his skin. I will say, I appreciate Greta for making Ryan dust off the Mickey Mouse Club pipes because yes. <laughs> loved it i loved every little time he was singing like <laughs> that was every time he was singing and dancing all i could think about was mickey mouse club and especially him singing jodeci yes! body rolling to jodeci yes at like 13 years old same get out of my head i literally wrote that <laughs> <sighs> so while at the nightly barbie party stereotypical barbie starts to have some existential crisis because she thinks starts thinking about mortality and like that's not a thing in barbie land you live forever like people don't die the supreme court everybody wears bikinis you know it's a fun (laughs) place (laughs) and suddenly the next day that iconic high arch foot is as flat as ken's crotch and she (laughs) She has cellulite. She has cellulite now, guys. <laughs> it's the worst thing that could ever happen. <laughs> it's the biggest crisis to ever come to Barbie Land. Everybody's in a panic, and they tell Barbie, "Go see Weird Barbie up on that hill." So she makes the trek, and basically, Weird Barbie is like that weird eccentric aunt that gets way too drunk at parties and loves to like pull out the splits you know like that's her party trick i'm kind of like oh she's doing it again because <laughs> i think that's like when you when people she's supposed to be like when girls play too rough with barbies yes. and i think they be yeah bending the legs all crazy drawn on their face so that's why she's always in those splits <laughs> it's uncomfortable <laughs> to be around <laughs> <laughs> but weird barbie apparently knows a lot so she tells Barbie that she's opened up this wormhole to the real world where she is now connected to the person in the real world who is playing with her. So she's like starting to take on and feel their emotions. And she gives Barbie a choice. You can go with the high heel and stay in Barbie land, or you can take the Birkenstock and go to the real world. And Barbie initially picks the high heel. Like, come on, who wouldn't? (laughs) (laughs) right who wants a Birkenstock (laughs) I actually wish they had done um what do you call them things Crocs a croc (laughs) yes yeah I'm not a Birkenstock fan but I think I might take a Birkenstock over Crocs I cannot stay I'm and I'm so sorry I know all of (laughs) y'all love them I'm so mad Crocs made a comeback (laughs) and now they're just fucking everywhere everywhere (laughs) everywhere and i haven't broken down and purchased any but i'm very close (laughs) no cam no i haven't done it yet i've i too have hated them for so long but they do seem quite comfortable the like furry ones i tried a pair on at the store i was like oh this is actually kind of nice but then i'm like maybe i just need uggs (laughs) <laughs> i was about to say yeah just get uggs also uh i was i was talking to a friend about the barbie movie 
and she was like oh I actually like Birkenstocks and she has a pair that has like fur in it Mm. and she was like they are so comfortable and I wear them in the winter and I was like wait they're open toe so so you either get Uggs or get Birkenstocks with fur please don't get Crocs (laughs) Birkenstocks with fur (laughs) get get out of my that actually came into my head when she was telling me (laughs) ah okay (laughs) (laughs) back on track here so barbie decides to eventually go to the real world she's like f it she gets in her convertible she's out she has to go on like kind of a similar journey as like what's my guy elf (laughs) where he had Mm. to go from the north pole to new york like you have to go through all these different barbie lands to eventually end up in venice beach (laughs) and (laughs) she finds out that ken has stowed away in her car and much to her chagrin, she allows him to join her in the real world. So, in the real world, these two start to, you know, make a fuss. You know, they get arrested several, several times. Um, the movie does hop and skip right over that white privilege of them <laughs> being seen doing crimes, getting arrested for it, and then promptly getting out <laughs> mm, of jail. That's true. Released within hours. That's very true. With no ID and, you know. Oh, yeah. You can just leave. <laughs> After sleep. <laughs> right. right. And I, I will say one of, <clears throat> probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they first get there and where they're Venice Beach or wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And they're rollerblading in these bright neon outfits. <laughs> and everyone, obviously everyone's looking at them because that looks insane and ken's like oh like everybody's looking at me and barbie's like hmm why do i feel uncomfortable and ken's like like i feel cool or something like that and barbie says i feel an undertone of violet <laughs> and i was just <laughs> so spot because as a woman you always have to keep your head on swivel because you know those oh. looks are probably not friendly so oh. i just love the way they slipped kind of her awareness of how she is viewed as a woman in real world in there yes barbie experiences objectification for the first time (laughs) for the first time (laughs) yeah and you're right it is all of those things and i would also say it's also one of those experiences that like you just kind of almost have to grit and bear because it's like i can't be too mean because that might offend someone and then make Mm -hmm. them attack me but then i also can't be like too friendly because that could also make them attack me. It's a it's right. a fine, it's a tight line we gotta stick to. Right. They'll think I'm interested and then be upset when they find out I'm not. Right. And on the flip side of that, as you mentioned, Ken knows what it's like to suddenly be desirable. Like Barbie ain't giving him no play. Oh, this <laughs> oh, this is what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> Like, you see Ken start to loosen up, get a little, mm-hmm. little you know, comfortable mm-hmm. in the real world. Right. Oh, I'm being respected here. <laughs> oh. And one of my favorite parts during this is when Barbie sees a billboard of, like, scantily clad <laughs> women. Like a like a strip club billboard or something like yeah. all women in like bikinis or like escorts something yeah 
Yes. And she's like, oh, the Supreme Court. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) Oh, so at the very beginning of the movie, they're doing a little kind of montage of things happening in Barbie land. And you see briefly her watching like the someone in the Barbie Supreme Court arguing a case. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. So one of my friends recommended listening to, it's called the Bravo Docket. Mm-hmm. Have you heard? They mentioned on Watch What Crappens. Yeah. So basically that's like a podcast where they typically talk about different legal things taking place on bravo or like if bravo celebrities get divorced things like that they did a little special short episode about barbie and they mentioned that the like lawyer barbie that little clip we see that she's quoting the dissent in the citizens united case Hmm. so citizens united is a conservative nonprofit. And basically they had a Supreme Court case in 2010 that was known as Citizens United versus Federal Election Committee or FEC. And basically that like deemed, uh, there's like a federal law that prohibited corporations and unions from making expenditures in connection with federal elections. And so that was like struck down as unconstitutional um, because of this case. And this like came about because Basically, it was like during uh, the 2016 election, they wanted to have like commercials that like, you know, slandered Hillary Clinton, basically. Mm. And so before that case, it was you had to be like, you couldn't be like a company, nonprofit, etc. So that case struck this down. So now that's why we always see like this is paid for by the, I don't know, Republicans for so and so. And they can get away with that now. And on the on the Bravo docket, they said that um, the Barbie Supreme Court overturning that Citizens United like case in the movie may have been like a nod to Ruth Bader Ginsburg because they accomplished what um, she had said was her impossible dream. And like she was asked once, um, I guess not too long before she passed away like what would be one ruling that like she would overturn if she could and she said the citizens united case would have been like the one ruling (laughs) that she she would have overturned so maybe that was yeah kind of their nod to because i I think there was like i'm pretty sure there was an rbg barbie or you know some kind of rbg tail dolls i think like a nod to her that's cute yeah so after finding out uh, the real world Supreme Court looks very different than the Barbie Supreme Court, Barbie takes on finding her owner, who she thinks is this young teenage girl named Sasha. And she is flabbergasted to find out that Barbie is not loved and celebrated in the world, real world <laughs> as much as she is in Barbie land. Uh, Sasha goes on to berate her as soon as she like tries to introduce herself and um you know fix her little problem she criticizes her for encouraging unrealistic beauty standards in women and basically like effing up feminism in the real world and barbie's like what i thought we solved that (laughs) (laughs) like she really like is yeah she's just unaware and she starts crying she runs away crying 
And come to find out, Sasha's mom is an employee at Mattel. And she decides to help Barbie. And come to find out, Barbie's actually there to help Gloria. Um, So Gloria is the one who has been playing with Barbie in the real world and who has been having really dark thoughts or morbid thoughts, not dark, (laughs) morbid, morbid thoughts about her life and like what she's been doing, the meaning of it and death and, you know, all the things that happen when you get older. And she has been, you know, inadvertently... (laughs) And you get older. <laughs> you start to, you know, the longer we live, we have different lifetimes. She's having an identity. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. I was like, she's not in her sunset years, but I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, she's just having an identity crisis and she's just <laughs> taking it all on. So, in the background of all this, the Mattel bros have been trying to figure out how to capture barbie and ken because they've been wreaking havoc and people are starting to notice and they <laughs> really talk about how uh ken is a non-factor like we really don't care about ken <laughs> we really just need to <laughs> capture barbie we can't sell ken <laughs> we can sell barbie um, and so they lure or they get Barbie back to the the corporation. I don't know. And they're trying to get her back to Barbie land. And she kind of dips out on them. Like, no, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And her and Gloria and Sasha all decide to go back to Barbie land. And while all that is happening, Ken has been out here just basking in the glory of patriarchy. <laughs> he has learned what horses are and he loves them. <laughs> and he really thinks horses are strongly connected to patriarchy <laughs> yes that is what it, he thinks that's what it's all about <laughs> <laughs> so he learns about patriarchy toxic masculinity <laughs> misogyny just the whole gamut he learns about it and he's suddenly like hmm i like this so he tries to get a job <laughs> a job in the real world and he actually gets frustrated that he doesn't have any real world skills that beach isn't a job unfortunately here or it is a job it's just a lot harder (laughs) than he expects can't be a lifeguard when you don't know how to swim (laughs) right (laughs) so ken decides like you know this little bit that i've learned i'm gonna take this all back to barbie land and tell the other kens about it and they somehow very quickly indoctrinate all of these strong boss bitch Barbies <laughs> into becoming maids, housewives, and some say agreeable girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, it's just girls who fawn over them, which they didn't really explain how they were able to do that, did they? They did not. They really did not, yeah. um, which is kind of disheartening, because what does that say about our strong boss mm. bitches? <laughs> But the main thing he brings is equestrian core to Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of saloon doors and fringe. Yes. <laughs> uh, so when Barbie gets back, like, she's shocked. Like, first of all, Ken, how did you get back? And <laughs> two, how did you beat me back? And three, what is all this? <laughs> what happened to Barbie land? Right. And he done uh taken over her house. Her house and the government. <laughs> right. 
they trying to change <laughs> laws up in Barbie land. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so with the help of, you know, the other misfit toys, i.e. the discontinued Barbies, Alan and weird Barbie, Barbie tries to get Barbie land back. So they come up with this plan to distract the kins so that they can actually sign into law the things that they want so they basically come up with this plot to get the men to fight (laughs) and they end up doing this very epic dance battle (laughs) (laughs) instead of like physically i mean they were kind of tussling you know wrestling more or capoeira if you will just very (laughs) stage dancing and fighting (laughs) right oh i was gonna say when um barbie stereotypical barbie gets back with i forgot america's character's character's name but america and her daughter okay gloria and sasha when they get back and they see that ken has turned barbie's dream house into his uh mojo dojo casa house which one (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to say casa and house nor do you need to say dojo and house like they're all <laughs> all synonyms um but america compared the takeover to smallpox in the 1500s because indigenous people didn't have any defenses which <laughs> that was it's like damn i was like well it's a strong embarrassment but also i enjoyed the history reference <laughs> or i said uh, gloria said that gotcha and then wasn't there um Oh gosh, there was another part where the daughter said something about, okay, white savior Barbie. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> but we, and we did see too, like, wow, this is happening in Barbie world. Like, it's also affecting the dolls being created by Mattel in the real world. Oh, yeah. so pushing out like, all of these Ken dolls and then there's also like a depression Barbie and the commercial for her was like she scrolls through Instagram for seven hours looking her at her estranged best friend's engagement photos and watching the BBC's Pride and Prejudice which <laughs> oh the white women cackled in the theater boy oh they live they were all like oh yes that's me that's me girl that's me I know that girl <laughs> Right. I am she. I do do that. <laughs> right. That sounds like yes, me. depression, Barbie. Right. That is now. So I have girl. never watched. <laughs> no, I've never watched Pride and Prejudice, but the me like, either, and never through Instagram. <laughs> Honestly, same, but. It's, the scrolling Instagram, especially looking at like people like, oh, we used to be friends. <laughs> that kind of shit. Like, yeah, I I, I felt that one. Oh. <sighs> Wait, so I can't remember. How did they liberate the Barbies? I can't remember how they did that. Like, to get them from being brainwashed by the Kins. What I remember there was, was a joke. There was a joke about, oh, that song they all sat around that campfire singing <laughs> oh my god it was matchbox 20s push yeah. which i'm ashamed to say i like really fucking like that song you would you would 
just takes me back to like a very specific time in my childhood. <laughs> it's a good song. But oh, yes, were you at band camp? Just, no, I was younger than that. <laughs> I was in high school. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they like all the kids were playing uh, Push on their guitar and like on Ken Radio. Push was like, I think the only song they played over and over. But what happened was, I think after seeing that Barbie just felt really defeated and she kind of, she like kind of collapses on the ground and then like Margot kind of um, like, she has her arms really stiff, like an actual like Barbie doll and just kind of like rolls over the way a doll would, which I thought was really funny. And so she's just like laying face down in the ground. And so Gloria and Sasha were like, come on, like, you know, we got to whatever. And she just like, can't function. So they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go back to the real world. So they get in her little uh, Barbie convertible and they're driving out. And that's when we hear Ken radio and we hear push playing. <laughs> and much like Ken had snuck into Barbie's car while she was leaving, Alan. Oh, yes. The real hero. <laughs> right the real male ally in this film <laughs> so he pops up and it scares the shit out of them and um I, I forget exactly what they say but he's like basically like, please take me with you like i hate this like i hate that the kins are like running everything and then they're like wait like we should do i don't remember what they said but basically they're like we got to go back and fight and alan's like oh i'm never gonna get out of here so, <laughs> and i think he i think at some time during this he also said there have been a few other allens who escaped and then he said um in sync we're all allens oh oh wow what (laughs) i miss that as an in sync yeah as like a diehard in sync fan as a kid i was like yeah that tracks but yeah so um so then they go back and then i don't remember how they get barbie up but then they go i think talk to weird barbie and like kind of wait was it was it old girl speech america's speech that like snapped barbie out of it yes it was so america (laughs) or gloria gives like this epic like speech about basically how shitty it is to be a woman how we you know can't be too pretty can't be too ugly we can't be you know whatever all the like perils of being a woman Mm -hmm. like it sucks (laughs) the line we have to walk and it's so hard and it's impossible and that snaps barbie out of it so then they start making her give the speech to more and more people and they wake up well and i think that came i think that came after they got to weird barbie's house because i think Gloria made that speech at Weird Barbie's house because remember Margot has that scene where she's like crying and she's like I'm not perfect and I'm not beautiful anymore and another one of my favorite parts was like Helen Mirren who's the narrator says note to filmmakers if you want to get this point across Margot Robbie is the wrong uh, <laughs> casting choice mm-hmm. when, like when she was saying this I was like 
you're still studying. <laughs> like, get out of my face. So I'm glad like Helen Mirren said that. But yeah, I think then after that, I think that's when Gloria said that. And then they concoct that like plan to like snap the Barbies out of it and have the kins turn on each other. Yes, but Gloria, that's how they snap the Barbies out is by her message. She like repeats it to a Barbie and that's what wakes her up. That's what the synopsis. Oh yeah, but then they but then they have to go and get all the other ones too who weren't in there. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like they liberated them one by one by having her oh, yeah, yeah. tell them the speech. So you know, they install their new little government or what have you, and they kind of realize that patriarchy sucks for women and matriarchy sucks for men. So maybe neither one of these systems are working. Let's figure out a new one. And there's this moment where Barbie and Ken talk to each other and Ken's basically like, you know, please don't leave Barbie without you. I don't know who I am. I have no purpose, which is really sad (laughs) and depressing when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because what he was like, it's it's Barbie and Ken. So, which is very true. And like they said earlier in the movie, like kins don't sell <laughs> it's really barbie yeah yeah <laughs> but then it's also why did we need kin mm, stay woke people stay woke <laughs> what <laughs> why did she have a little boyfriend but why did she need it she didn't need it but i mean what i don't know if that was the issue but okay <laughs> yes i i read an article where they talk about how they introduced kin to because of like some backlash you know essentially the girls should be taught you should get married and have a kid okay i did not i did not see that my research okay that makes sense so like almost like ken legitimized barbie like you know now Mm. she has a husband (laughs) right you can't be single and doing it for yourself right exactly and barbie tells ken that you know you gotta go on your own journey Find your own purpose. Like, leave me out of this. (laughs) Uh, She wasn't that mean. But she basically encourages him in the same way, like, some of the Barbies and other people along her journey encouraged her to find herself. She says, what if it's Barbie and it's kin? Like, you can be your own thing outside of me. It's kin. I'm kin enough. (laughs) I'm kin enough. (laughs) Oh, So that's a nice little, you know, happy ending for Ken that he's on his path. I'm sure there'll be a spinoff <laughs> about Ken. I don't um, think they would. I feel like that would be counterintuitive to what they were trying to do with this movie to give him his own spinoff. Girl, did you see the the list of movies Mattel said they want to make based on their toys? No. I'll have to send it to you. It's a laundry oh, list. Oh, wow. They have stuff on there like Uno. How you gonna make a movie about Uno? What? <laughs> yes. They need, to, they just need to film us playing Uno. <laughs> right. Everybody's saying it's just gonna be an hour long of people arguing about the rules. <laughs> right. You can't put two cards down. They both draw four. <laughs> you can put both of them down. <laughs> oh. So... I think the Ken spinoff is very much in the future. I don't know who wow. would watch it, but if there's a market, they will make it. 
mean, uh, if it's Ryan Gosling, I would go see it. I feel like he was <laughs> perfect casting because he's so just like like lovable and like has that little cute goofy face. Like, yeah, like yeah, even when I he's douchey, he's precious. You know, yes, <laughs> so fucking cute. <laughs> but I was hoping for maybe like a Barbie too. I don't know if hmm. he'll do that or not, but I mean. That'd be cool. Now give us the the other Barbie story, you know? President Barbie and astrophysicist Barbie. <laughs> if you're gonna do it. Oh yeah, that would be dope. I would love that. But um at some point Barbie meets up with uh the spirit of Mattel founder, Ruth Handler. And I think she meets up with her earlier too, right? This is like not the first yeah, time. Yeah, when see she each was other. escaping from the people at Mattel, she runs into this hallway of a bunch of doors, and behind one door, it's like Ruth in her like 1940s like kitchen <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and then they re- they reunite at the end. And she lets her know that, you know, Barbie was meant to be like an idea or like uh what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> what's the word i'm looking for um idea or... aspirational she's supposed to be aspirational so you know she's an idea but at the end of the day ideas live on forever humans don't so she also made the doll and named it after her daughter barbara and she made it to like bond with her so she's basically like you can punch your own ticket girl like you can be anything you want to be you don't have to stay here like keep doing your thing figure it out and so barbie decides to go to the real world and she goes back with uh sasha and gloria and they the final scene we see barbie being dropped off somewhere by gloria and we also see gloria's husband who is a caucasian man who the entire movie has been learning spanish and I'm just like, you're just now learning Spanish? <laughs> like, are you step dad? Like, how long you been in this? <laughs> like, this girl- right, because their daughter is like, what, 12? <laughs> yes, like, you've had so many years. And now? And I think yeah. you're doing it via Duolingo? <laughs> right, right, which, and to be fair, someone who has, uh, I think I'm at like a, an 1,010 day streak on Duolingo for Spanish. I don't, and I, I tried to do Duolingo for Portuguese and French. It is much harder if you don't have any kind of knowledge of the language. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I do the Spanish, <laughs> do the Spanish one just so I don't forget everything, and it and it does help. But um, yeah, I don't. If you're married to like um, a Latinx person, like I don't know, maybe pay for some real classes, like <laughs> put in a little like extra effort, especially after fucking like probably 15 years of being together yeah that seemed odd but i i peeped the duolingo gringo shade (laughs) (laughs) right right (laughs) but um so they have dropped barbie off who now goes by barbara handler to her first gyno appointment and that's how the movie ends and what i love too you see that she's wearing pink Birkenstocks, which I thought was really oh, cute. I did not peep that. Yeah. Um, Cause like I said, I wasn't, I'm not really a Birkenstock fan, but those were cute. <laughs> I like those pink ones. Um, and uh, cause I know at the end you're like, 
because I think we both thought maybe she was going like to job interview or something like that. College. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But earlier in the movie, they had made a reference to her and Ken not having genitals. Yes. And I don't remember where they were, but they were in front of some humans. And I remember Ken fell away and he was like, I have genitals. <laughs> I guess didn't want to be judged or whatever. <laughs> so I think they showed her going to the gynecologist because it was exciting for her because she's never had genitals before. So now she can actually, I guess, go get a pap smear, which no one else is excited about. <laughs> exactly. But. I'm like, this is her first thing is like one of the things that women dread. <laughs> right what what is what are we saying it sucks to be a woman you're really driving that home huh i mean i don't think it's that i think she she's excited about everything that encapsulates womanhood so you know even the things that aren't so fun probably now (laughs) and she's probably not gonna look forward to it the next time but (laughs) she's excited today (laughs) i guess they couldn't show her like walking into like victoria's secret or like a pleasure shot you know like something fun about like discovering you're a woman (laughs) you know yeah i mean yeah it'll probably take her a little longer to to figure that stuff out (laughs) it's a journey girl it's a journey (laughs) right (laughs) so what were your takeaways from the movie what are your thoughts so yeah i loved it like it touched on issues that i wasn't really expecting like with um patriarch i mean i guess i expected it to touch on patriarchy some but like not to the extent that it did mm. and i also really loved how much it like when, when she got to the real world that first time like how uncomfortable she was with things <laughs> and like how um I guess it was interesting because like I think like obviously like growing up as a human person as a human um you know cis woman like you you start experiencing like these weird things when you're a girl unfortunately and it's just kind of becomes second nature like you have to keep your head on swivel you mm-hmm. don't accept open drinks from anyone except the bartender you know like all these things that like we know that have been like hammered into our head for years and years and like seeing someone who is coming in looking like an adult woman who's never experienced this and being like oh fuck like this is this kind of sucks like honestly if I was her I would have stayed in Barbie world (laughs) same (laughs) same and I would have told Gloria and Sasha I'm like y'all can come here if you want to I'm there's no way in hell right bring your homegirls here because right i am not going back to that shithole that y'all live in (laughs) but but yeah i really enjoyed it also this is very nerdy but when the kins were fighting and like will ferrell and his like mattel like people were walking through like their fight he says it's a real hornet's nest in here and (laughs) if you are familiar with the charlotte area there are a lot of things in Charlotte named Hornet's Nest. There's like a school, there's a park, et cetera. Obviously, our NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. And the reason for that name is because when General Cornwallis led British troops into the Charlotte Mecklenburg County area during the Revolutionary War, he received, uh, I guess, such a fight back that he called it a Hornet's Nest of Rebellion. So, 
I don't think that was a nod to Charlotte, but I'm going to make it one. So yeah, it's, it's a yeah. stretch, but that's cool history. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's why it didn't make sense when our original Hornets team left to go to New Orleans and they were the New Orleans Hornets. Like that has nothing to do with New Orleans. So I'm glad the Hornets 2.0 or well, the Bobcats now Hornets 2.0 got that name back. Also, when Barbie is at the school, like after she like meets Sasha Mm -hmm. and I don't remember, like she goes, she's outside and there's a woman, like a woman with like a lot of anxiety she's talking to. And I cannot remember what that woman says, but I was like, oh my God, that's like the woman with anxiety from the plane in Bridesmaids. Oh yeah. The one who's like, (laughs) yeah, like the one sitting beside Kristen Wiig who makes her freak out and think there's a colonial woman churning <laughs> butter on the wing. Like it's this, it's the same woman. Her name is, I think Annie Mumolo or something like that. So I'm just like, okay, I guess she's getting typecast a little bit, but I was excited to see her again. Isn't that Crystal Wiggs homegirl? Like her best friend. Did they do that movie together? Barb and <gasps> Del Mar. Oh my God, is that Barb? <laughs> yes. What up? Is he? Oh my God, I did not even realize. Yes, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh shit. How did I recognize her in this like two like minute clip? But not, I watched that whole movie like twice. I did not realize she was Barb. Wow. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. And so you mentioned at the end barbie is now going by the name barbara handler and um as you also previously mentioned barbie was named after creator ruth handler's daughter barbara so barbie was launched in 1959 and i did not realize this but ruth and her husband elliot actually co-founded mattel in january 1945 alongside another guy named harold Matson. So when Barbara was a kid, like, you know, she was playing with paper dolls and Ruth noticed that like, she kind of liked giving them more kind of like adult roles. And they touch on that in the beginning where we see like all those girls in like that, like 1940s, 50s dress and they're all playing with baby dolls, Mm -hmm. which is something like I didn't think about, like that was kind of like all they had because it was pushing motherhood and like, Obviously, Barbie's been criticized for years, especially because of her appearance and giving kind of uh, a false standard of beauty for women. But I'm like, damn, like they really didn't have like adult dolls. And like, so it's kind of cool that like Barbie came along, especially like all these like, you know, jobs and stuff she has. Got her own, got her own house, got her own car. Oh, I-N-D-E-B-E-N-T-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, basically, like, Ruth, I I was kind of seeing that, like, her daughter kind of wanted something other than, like, playing mom to these baby dolls. And so she saw a German toy when, um, like, the family took a trip to Europe in 1956 it's called Build Lily. And so like the doll was originally like made for like adults, but then kids like started um, 
enjoying playing with her and being able to like dress her up in these different outfits. So she brought, bought a few of those toys back to the United States and um, just like worked on like redesigning them to create Barbie, which was launched at the American International Toy Fair in New York on March 9th, 1959. It was an instant success with Mattel selling $351,000 within that first year. So also what I did not know along with her and her husband, Elliot being co-founders of Mattel is that Elliot created the Ken doll. Hmm. And so that was launched uh, in 1961. And Ken has a full name, which is Kenneth oh. Sean Carson. Sorry, it ain't Handler. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But he is named after because they had two kids, Barbara and Kenneth. Uh, so he is named after their son, which when I saw that, I was like, oh, so maybe like Barbie and Ken shouldn't be together. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why Barbie didn't like Ken. Because <gasps> it's her brother. <laughs> it's her brother. <laughs> yeah. That makes so much more sense now. <laughs> But um, I like I didn't really remember if, if they were marketed as like a couple, whatever. Yes, they were marketed they were as marketed. a couple. I look well, family. Yes, I, wait, did they have kids? Eventually, there were like you know little. You could buy like a family set of Barbies. Yes, but were they technically supposed? To, I know they had like the little kid dolls, but were they actually supposed to be her and Ken's kids? Who else would they? Be? What else would they be? Barbie's a single mother. <laughs> She's a mother. I mean, well, if Skipper is like her sister, you know, maybe they're like her nieces or nephews from like Ken's side. I don't know. They were packaged as a couple. Well, anyways, I did not remember, like, I did not remember this, but now, like, after reading it, I was like, oh, I think I vaguely do people being kind of upset that, like, in February 2004, Mattel had announced that Ken and Barbie were splitting and uh, Russell Aaron's vice president of marketing at Mattel at that time said, quote, Phil, it's time to, or Barbie and Ken feel it's time to spend some quality time apart. Like other celebrity couples, their Hollywood romance has come to an end, Uh, end quote, though he indicated the duo would still remain friends. Well, there you go. They were a couple. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently so. And then in 2011, Mattel launched a massive campaign for Ken to win Barbie back. And they officially reunited on Valentine's Day 2011. So I guess they are together now. Well, so what what I'm reading is that they're friends. (laughs) Now now Ken is... Oh, they broke up again? I I guess so. (laughs) I thought they said they brought him back as this is also wikipedia so anybody could have wrote this i don't know if this is real (laughs) (laughs) but they claim now like they stopped or mattel like stopped marketing him as her boyfriend in 2018 and now they market him more as one of her you know besties oh okay i don't know all right guess they are broken up (laughs) and then yeah, the first black doll that Mattel introduced was in 1968. It was Barbie's friend, Christy. And hmm. there was apparently a documentary that came out earlier this year. It's called Black Barbie, a documentary. And hmm. it's all about like representation of black women, I guess, within the doll world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they have uh, this lady who worked at Mattel. Her name is Beulah Mae Mitchell. And so she worked on the production line. And she said, um, you know, she said that Ruth was like super nice. And around 1960, her and some of the other people at Mattel, I guess other Black people started saying they wanted a Black doll. Like they they kind of thought it would be, I guess, kind of like revolutionary for them to do that. So like I said, Christy was introduced in 1968, but the first official Black Barbie wasn't introduced until 1980. Hmm. But Mattel did help finance the Shindana Toy Company, uh, which was created um, after the Watts riots. And so the Shindana focused on like making like, I guess, black dolls and whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's like also featured in that Black Barbie documentary. But yeah, Beulah like eventually like moved up and she was working in like the uh, the corporate sector of Mattel or whatever and helped design, uh, I think helped design Christy. Beulah making sure a black person was in the room (laughs) right decisions were made but yeah i wanted to ask like so did you like i mean you said you were a big barbie fan i kind of want to know like what your favorites were and did you also play with like barb or baby dolls or cabbage patch dolls or any poly pockets etc or were you mainly like a barbie girl all the above but mainly barbie yeah, I was huge into Barbie. Uh, I think I still have some. So I also collected Barbies. So my mother would buy oh. me like the black collector Barbies when she could, when they mm-hmm. had them. And then I have like a military Barbie and Ken, <laughs> like all these collector oh, wow. Barbies that I was never able to play with <laughs> that my mom bought. I was going to ask her, they still in the box? <laughs> still in the box. <laughs> they might be worth some money now. Right. I had like a wedding Barbie. Oh, I bet. I had a Christmas Barbie, like a New Year's Barbie that were both black. I had like a Miss Africa <laughs> Barbie. I had a bunch. And um, I remember one birthday, this had to have been second grade. I, my parents threw like a big like pool party for me. And there were like so many kids there, I guess. I got so many of like the same Barbie. Like at one point I had like multiples of the same Barbie. Oh, Um, wow. So yeah, I had a little Barbie carrying case that I kept them in. I would tote that thing around, whip it out, (laughs) play with them. It was great. I had Skipper. (laughs) I had Skipper. I remember pregnant Barbie. I didn't have one, but I remember Mm. seeing that. I would... You know how Toys R Us um, near Christmas we'd give you that like um, catalog essentially. <laughs> oh, and circling shit in it. Yes, oh, absolutely. All the, the entire Barbie section. I'm circling. I'm circling. <laughs> so I was definitely into it hardcore, and I think it's actually interesting because the movie touches on it a little bit when talking about like uh, Gloria and Sasha how it's really the mark of like womanhood or like you starting to come into your womanhood is when you stop playing barbies that's almost like you know when innocence Mm. dies (laughs) yeah yeah Um, and i i definitely like remember stopping playing with barbies i mean i think i had to have been 
I don't even know. I was going to say, how old was I? <laughs> 16. I don't, like, definitely fifth grade. Definitely by fifth grade. Old. Maybe sixth grade. I was like, definitely like, this is not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember stopping playing with dolls, but I feel like I remember the transition for me was during the summer. I used to watch Nicola, or Nick Jr. every day. Mm-hmm. And then at some point around sixth grade or so, I started watching like MTV and BET all day during the summer. And I was like, oh man, childhood's gone. <laughs> oh, oh, BET and MTV is when your childhood was gone, not all the adult movies you saw before then. <laughs> no, 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 boy, Boys in the Hood was just a cinematic classic. <laughs> so did you play with barbies were you into barbie yeah so the crazy thing is like i did not care for barbies at first i actually preferred baby dolls Hmm. um probably up until i was like seven and then i think my mom got me like an international barbie and I'm like a social studies nerd so I was like oh okay like like we're like I I can learn about these like different countries and like all this stuff so I can't remember the first one I know I had like I think she was like either Kenyan or Somalian Mm. like that might have been my first one and I think like maybe we used to call her like Iman and then they had like a Swedish one had was an international one like um an American Indian one a Mexican one. I had a Peruvian one, and I used to think the Peruvian. I, I, I think I had more than that too, but these are the ones I remember. I think the Peruvian one I thought looked like Sade, so I just call her Sade. And well, you remember your Barbie's names? Wow. Well, I mean, just you know, eight-year-old me was obsessed with Sade, <laughs> so that's why, that's why I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and then I remember having. Because my mom was very big into primarily only buying me like black dolls. Like, I think the only white dolls I had were like a couple of the international ones. So I had like some of the black, I think, holiday one, holiday Barbies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my, so my best friend from like kindergarten through like middle school was a white girl. And like for my seventh birthday, I remember she gave me a Barbie and it was like the kind of Barbie where it had like a stencil and like a little spray thing. And if you spray through the stencil, it would be like a little pink star in her hair. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll never forget when she gave it to me, she was like, I'm I'm sorry, I tried to find a black one, but I couldn't find one. Oh, that's, that's thoughtful. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was like, I love, she had that awareness. Um, <laughs> right. But, <laughs> right. So yeah, so that was like one of the, uh, one of the other few like white white Barbies that I had um but my favorite Barbie thing when I was five my mom got me the Barbie Hot Wheels car mm. you know the- oh, I always wanted one I always wanted the Jeep I always wanted the Jeep my now my cousin had the Jeep the Jeep was dope too but yeah that was oh man I used to be wheeling and dealing in that backyard boy you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing 
I was gonna say I've been in the car with you, Tokyo drifting. I believe it. <laughs> I believe. No, I do not. I do not Tokyo drift. But I did go to date with a guy one time who did some kind of like go kart racing or something, and I was like, I dropped him off at his car, and he was like, "You would make a really good race car driver." Thank okay. you. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So I guess, you know, as great as this film was, there also was a lot of controversy surrounding it. And I'm actually not even going to talk about the right wing typical oh, backlash. Right. I would talk about something that actually was kind of like, dang, are they coming for us? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like you and I specifically are black women? Like, what are, what are, who's us? Uh, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so this is a Guardian article titled Who Needs Film Critics When Studios Can Be Sure Influencers Will Praise Their Films by Manuela Lazic. Mm. So it's it's an interesting perspective. So she's basically saying that the rollout for this movie was non-traditional and she fears that it can set a precedent in the industry. So with this one specifically, usually when you have, you know, private screenings or first looks at a movie, you invite film critics to watch it, provide reviews. Mattel didn't do that. They got influencers. <laughs> they got influencers to oh. be in the screenings and they like kind of dished and dodged critics to like make sure they did not come to the screening because they essentially didn't want them to like taint the pool they wanted all the press to be positive about the movie and obviously you oh, know shit. influencers are paid <laughs> advertisers you know they say positive things about your products because they want free products or money some type of good or service in exchange for that so they're basically saying, you know, all this hype around the movie, all these positive reviews that came out, and all these influencers, you know, took to social media to, like, hype it up. And she goes on to say, if the internet has, pay has paved the way for the devaluation of cinema via streaming platforms, it has also done the same for film criticism. The democratizing effect is undeniable, but is also the cheapening one literally and figuratively with so many people writing about cinema online fees for reviews have fallen to shockingly low levels and the expertise supposedly required of film critics has been forgotten knowledge of the film history and good writing skills are less and less valued so basically she's like you know you podcasters <laughs> you amateurs <laughs> 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 get up on your little soapboxes and talk about movies without having seen all of Francis Ford Coppola's films and you know the classics they're saying we're watering down the industry they say if the discussion of a film's merit before its release is left to influencers who's driving ambition is it to receive free merchandise by speaking well of the studio's products what can we expect the film landscape to look like where will engaging, challenging, and if not completely unbiased, then at least impartial conversation about cinema take place? And how is the audience to think critically of what is being sold to it? So I was like, dang. Huh. But I, I feel like that's kind of um, 
condescending to be like how is the audience to think critically like <laughs> oh so they have to hear from like professional critics who see like everything in the uh the criterion collection or whatever to like they could also make opinions for themselves it's true that's true but i guess they're saying it also takes away trust like public trust in reviews and yes film critics it's not like they do this crap for free you know they get paid <laughs> it's a job um right but a lot of times like you're paid by a third party so you know if you're taking bribes which does happen or you're taking payment to write positive spin on things that happens but it's also like fr- it's not it's frowned upon it's frowned upon because you know it's them trying to elevate their craft and like this is worthy of a third party like paying me good money and not and me being able to critically analyze your work versus being a yes man for you the work's not good i'm gonna tell you not, it's not good in the hopes that this would like your next film is better or inspire someone else to do better um right. so i don't know what are your thoughts on it or i guess you did say it was condescending <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i just just because like people i don't know podcasters or whoever that doesn't mean they're actually gonna like it now the bribe thing that's a different story and if anyone wants to give us a brush our email is uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but i i mean yeah i i i just feel like they're feeling like threatened kind of the same way that you know like actors or writers or whoever like they felt threatened by people gaining popularity from like their tiktok or instagram videos or youtube channels stuff like that i just feel like it's like the same thing but in critic form yeah i mean i think they are definitely worried about job security and Mm -hmm. to a certain extent there is something to be said about like a lot of unresearched and uneducated opinions out there (laughs) (laughs) but i think their problem is with popularity like you're upset these people have influence and you don't (laughs) because Mm -hmm. you know you're writing articles or you're posting reviews on imdb that nobody reads instead they're on social media following this person you know so maybe you need to like tell the line of being an influencer (laughs) and a critic you know Mm -hmm. make sure you're capturing both ends of the bag yeah you might gotta switch it up to keep it fresh boo boo yeah interesting but you got anything else for barbs um have you listened to any of the soundtrack no but i enjoyed most well i enjoyed the dua lipa songs for sure and all of Mm -hmm. ryan gosling's singing (laughs) wasn't really including him in that but okay okay cool Uh, so do you like Barbie Girl, the Nikki and Ice Spice? Oh, I haven't listened to. Oh, I think they played over like the end credits. I don't remember. Uh, well, it samples the Aqua song, Barbie Girl. Okay. And, and uh, so on the, uh, the Barbie docket, on the Bravo docket, they also <laughs> mentioned <laughs> that. Uh, so Barbie Girl, a song, a 1997 song by the Danish group Aqua they were sued by Mattel in 2002 
because Mattel said it violated their copyright and trademark and Barbie, and they didn't want to be associated with the song um, because of some of its risque lyrics and mentions of Barbie, uh, such as you can you can touch, you can play, undress me everywhere, etc. And Mattel didn't want the public to think that they had anything to do with the song or that they approved of it. So the district court that this case was tried in ruled in Aqua's favor, which is why the song never went away. And they said it was a parody and people are not going to think this is from Mattel. So Mattel appealed the decision and lost again. But then someone from Mattel um, compared Aqua's record label, MCA, to bank robbers. So then MCA countersued Mattel for defamation. And Mattel won because the court said no one is actually going to think you're bank robbers. Um, And in the court's final decision, they actually said the parties are advised to chill. So that was say this sounds like the whitest and richest thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) Right. Taking your verbal argument to court. Y'all are going back over this bullshit. I'm like, nobody's even like thinking any of this. But I guess a Mattel has let it go and decided to embrace the song because here we are 20 plus years later and Nikki and Ice Spice are sampling uh, Barbie Girl and for the soundtrack. So, yeah. Look at capitalism. <laughs> okay, it always We're wins. stronger together than we are apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's the last thing for me. Do you have anything else? No, I enjoyed the movie. Honestly, I wasn't that hyped to see it. I was like ready to like wait for it to come on uh, Amazon and watch it at home. So mm. when you said you wanted to go and do a show about it, I was like, all right, I'll go. So as a skeptic, I enjoyed it. I laughed a whole lot more than I thought I would. Like the jokes really like they keep them coming. <laughs> they keep them coming and they're like, yeah. There's something in there for everyone. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a good, as much as these conservatives say it's about hating women or like hating men, it's literally about liberating all of us, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it's it's about equality, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Which probably makes them hate it even more. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you really watch it, you would see that they are actually down. They're talking about the perils of feminism as well as the perils of patriarchy. Like, it's it's limiting for all of us. Mm -hmm. If only you bitches would read a book, you know, you might (laughs) feel differently about things. They they just refuse. (laughs) I mean, they really do. So highly recommend (laughs) if you have not seen it, male and female, like it's, it pokes fun at itself. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it's a fun watch. Yeah, totally agree. I actually kind of want to go back and see it again, honestly. I do too. I might, I might actually buy it when it comes on. Yeah. Do you mean on TV or DVD? A DVD? Who has a DVD player, girl? I'm talking about. I, <laughs> I mean, I have one. I don't still actively buy <laughs> DVDs, though. Where do you even go to buy a DVD? Well, I don't know because I was thinking I have not bought a DVD in years. But I don't think reason, they're like, available. 
Maybe yeah, I think they are. You might have to buy them on like Amazon. Yeah, they definitely still got them at Walmart. But <laughs> I think Target too. Uh, no, they have both. And I feel like Blu-ray kind of fell out of favor because people were like, oh, y'all are doing too much. But Xfinity loves to go down like every other month, pretty much where I live. <laughs> so I have to rely on them DVDs. I think Barbie might be uh, the first DVD I'm going to buy in years. I'm excited. Wow, you're right. They do still have them at Target. Yeah. <laughs> and CDs as well. What? The only reason I stopped buying CDs. Yeah, the only reason I stopped buying CDs is because I got a new car that doesn't have a CD player. Otherwise, I would still buy those. Oh, my gosh. I like having the physical copy and the booklet and all that. <laughs> you like toting around the booklet in your car and flipping through. Oh, well, I mean, I'll flip through it at home. Anyway, okay, we were getting so off topic. Cam, what, what do you have your eyes on? <laughs> Don't, don't laugh at my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen They Clone Tyrone on Netflix? No, but I had it in my, I was going to say, oh, I meant to watch that. So I, I'm going to watch it this week. I enjoyed it. I I quite enjoyed it. And I'm glad it was nice to see Jamie on screen. Yeah. Even though this was, you know, filmed before whatever right. happened, but. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed, um, oh gosh, what's my girl? Not Tika Sumter. Oh, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Tiana Paris. Thank you. Tiana Paris and John Boyega. I thought they had like a really strong dynamic and mainly Mm. between um, Tiana and Jamie because their dynamic was pimp and hoe. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> but like not in the way you would expect it. Like it, it's it's funny. It's very funny, their dynamic. Um so not like hustle and flow. No. Well, I was gonna <laughs> say she's like Suge mixed with my girl who <laughs> got kicked what? out. Paula Patton's not Paula Patton. Paula J. What? White. <laughs> Paula J. White. <laughs> Wait, was Suge Taraji's character? You're talking about Suge Avery? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I did not remember her character name. Was, I think it was Suge. No, I believe you. I just didn't remember. She's like a mix of all three of the ladies in Hustle and Flow. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> but I highly recommend. It was really good, especially if you're into like sci-fi. To see like black sci-fi was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and it kind of like plays into that trope of like black people being um, conspiracy minded. <laughs> mm. um, so it's it's good. I I highly recommend. Ah, uh, have you seen the new Roni Real Housewives of New York? Yes, yeah, I have been watching that. How how do you feel about it? Oh, so the first episode, I was definitely on my phone the whole time. And I was like, I don't care. Like, it's something <laughs> like I hate getting to know new people. If you bring on one or two new people, if I'm like a whole new cast. Like, it just feels overwhelming for me. Mm. But I actually did like the second episode more when they go stay at, um I forgot her name. They go stay at her house in the Hamptons for the weekend. Karen. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, so I, I did enjoy that episode more. What about you? What do you think? i'm gonna give it some time but 
So you don't love it, is what you're saying. No, not yet. Like, I don't quite understand the casting. Like, why is Jenna Lyons there? Like, she just doesn't quite fit. She's older than everyone. She doesn't seem to like the same same things that everyone does. Like, I honestly, I was shocked to find out she was on the show. Like, it just doesn't at all seem like it would be her vibe. You know? Oh. And it's feeling see, I, that I way really the familiar. more episodes I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't really familiar with her before the show, so... um I, yeah, I didn't really think about it, I guess. That, I, I predict she will not be there very long. Either that or they would, like, restructure the whole cast around her, but I don't think she's going to be a standout in the way <laughs> that they think she is. I don't I don't know. Mm. I feel like maybe they wanted, I, she's, I mean, the biggest name, so I guess maybe that's why. Which is also irritating. Like, they always use her full name. <laughs> Like, they don't call her. Have you noticed that? Like, they don't they call do. her Jenna. It's Jenna Lyons. <laughs> like, why are y'all putting yourself beneath her? Like, why are y'all, like, falling at the feet of this woman? It's, it's, <laughs> That's it's, true. It makes me uncomfortable, honestly, <laughs> how much they do it. Yeah, I hadn't really... You're right. They they definitely do do that. And they're always like, oh, like, well... Jen is the well, or maybe that was when I don't know if you saw like the whole cast was on Watch What Happens Live. Maybe after the first episode, watch and it. I, uh, okay, <laughs> 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 they were all like, "Yeah, Jenna's the wealthiest, and Jenna this, and Jenna that." And it definitely feels like they're kind of sucking up to her a bit, which is like strange because I feel like no other housewife franchises like that. In maybe like it's first season yeah i guess not the first season <laughs> i can't really like when richer yeah. bitches come on yes <laughs> they will do that but like the yeah. first season like y'all are on level playing field like why are y'all acting like this is her her show <laughs> and you're fighting to right. be on yes. jenna lyons right. best friend race because <laughs> yeah i was thinking about like nini but I guess that was, like, after, like, Nene became, like, a breakout star. Then, right. like, well, yeah, people are sucking. But I guess maybe it was kind of the same thing because Jenna was already famous, I guess. So maybe it's kind of like she's coming in already kind of like a Nene or a... But she's you know, not whoever. giving... But she's not giving Nene vibes. That's what's confusing. I could see it if she was coming mm. in and, like, owning okay. it and, like, you know. Right, 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 right. But she's not. <laughs> she's not. Like, she's kind of... You know, she kind of fades to the background, honestly. The more I watch it, I feel like. Or she, yeah, she she's not even willing to, like, confront people, which is, like, what are you on this show for? <laughs> the biggest part of being a housewife, yeah. Right. You came to fight, girl. <laughs> fight. <laughs> I mean, you know, if they push her enough, she might get there. Um, I feel like also that first season, everybody's kind of, like, trying to find their footing. Mm-hmm. So... You know, she might she might snap on somebody. Uh what do you think about is it is it Uba? Uh yeah. Uba. Uba? I like Uba. I'm finding out that that is Chanel Iman from Dubai's cousin. <laughs> like what? Yeah, I was just they didn't even search that far. Right. <laughs> yeah, they been when she when the whole cast went on Watch What Happens Live that she was like, Yeah, like that's my first cousin. It's like, oh my God. That is. And they <laughs> They seem very similar. 
Yeah, because I thought I, I it, but then that. I was like, I I do too. But I, I, she kind of reminded me of Chanel, like even yes. like her voice. Yeah. But then I was like, am I being like racist? <laughs> and then she was like, they're cousins, and I was like, okay, right. <laughs> or maybe I guess not racist, but you know what I'm saying, culturalist yeah. or something. <clears throat> I'll tell you who I don't like, or who oh, was gonna be a hard pill for me to swallow. That like redhead or whatever, who's like no. a party girl. Oh, not her. Okay. The influencer. Sigh. Oh, yeah. When she bought those, when she bought those, like, brought those, like, 18 uh, suitcases and stuff with her for the weekend. (laughs) She's like, well, I'm an influencer. I have to have different looks. I'm like, you could have brought four suitcases and been good. You didn't need to bring all that. And then she showed up in a gray sweatshirt and jeans to the first dinner. Like, (laughs) You're supposed to be this, like, you know, flawless all the time, you know, influencer chick. The best of the best, <laughs> according to Jenna Lyons. And, like, what? Right. It's right. like, where are the looks? I just feel like she kind of epitomizes for me what I already think about influencer culture. Like, just how mm-hmm. vapid and, like, irritating it is. <laughs> right. Can you get a picture of me? Do a slow-mo. Come down lower. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> Are you going to pay me for this post? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what I would do as her friend. Not unless you pay me, girl. I don't work for Ooh. free. This is a job for you. Uh, break me off some, okay? This is work. That's sh- <laughs> that's true because you like you said you know it's not gonna be like oh can you get a picture of me like okay. it's gonna be 30 <laughs> few it's, it's right it's, it's gonna be a whole little 20 minute thing exactly uh-uh uh-uh <laughs> i need more than a tag you know <laughs> Rogue, right <laughs> so yeah i i feel like she is going to bother me and her whole i don't know i she she presents is like around the way girl and i'm like i'm waiting for her to show up <laughs> where's she at right because when she showed them um throwback pictures i was like oh this is this is not who i'm seeing on here <laughs> exactly <laughs> try to act like she's like uh what's your girl's name vashti downtown sweetheart you know who that is vashti no. cola no she's like a dj she's to date for real she's like the first woman to um design a jordan shoe but she's like grew up in new york and she's she calls herself downtown sweetheart she's like round the way like new york born and bred and i feel like that's how size try to like present herself but that's like not what we're getting i don't know the reference but she is not giving around the way girl <laughs> right <laughs> oh miss bryn whitfield i'm like please tell me she's just related to lynn whitfield <laughs> <laughs> somewhere wait is that the, the redhead yes that's a redhead yeah yeah when i heard that last name i was like wait i've never heard anybody else have that last name before oh <laughs> uh, um, you know she definitely feels manufactured she definitely knows what she's doing and she's got her little lines ready mm-hmm. it's a bit much sometimes but you know without her there would be no drama, I don't think. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I feel like she's needed. 
I don't think she's needed, or the cast would be really, really boring. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 all I've been watching. We shall see if this, you know, improves. But I am glad. I am glad that they have revamped it. They have gotten a younger group of women. I, I don't know if they're like very New York. I, I I don't have a frame of reference, so New York friends tell us. But you said if they're very New York. Well, yeah, they kind of like you know I'm real New Yorkers kind of deal. I'm from Brooklyn, and you find out. Oh, oh, yeah. Wasn't actually, she, she lived in Brooklyn for a little bit. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But what you got your eyes on? So, sticking with Bravo, I've been watching Luann and Sonia. Welcome to Crappy Lake. How is that? <laughs> like it more than i expected it actually reminds me a lot of like a real life shit's creek because <laughs> they're staying in like this little like motel that looks just like the rosebud motel and i will say i was surprised because you know they're in this small town in i think illinois and oh my gosh expect- you are so right shit's creek crappy lake <laughs> <laughs> they literally stole the shit's creek idea oh so oh so that was like like um well no I, i'm just putting it together is is the place called crappy lake oh oh you're saying because of the name so it's it's i think it's like benton or yeah i think it's benton illinois or bentonville something like that but there's a lake and they call it crappy lake that's like in the town so that's why it's called welcome to crappy lake Embarrassing enough, I thought about the motel, didn't really think about the title. <laughs> but, yeah. That's how I guess that's a, <laughs> Glad I could connect the dots for you. <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes I just need people to do that. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so, you know, I expected. I mean, the town is very white, but the couple who owns the, um, owns the motel is a South Asian couple um, so I was like okay diversity and then I didn't see like any other diversity after meeting them in the first episode but <laughs> it's pretty cool like they're trying to like it makes me a little uncomfortable because like the town did like a big welcome for them like when they flew in and they're like I don't know sometimes I just don't like that like small town like wow we've never had anybody like this in our town before and it's like okay like they're they're just like people really excited that might be their reality (laughs) I mean they can be but I just don't I don't know how to say it like it's not Oprah you know what I'm saying like and it and and (laughs) And I'm saying, like, I wouldn't be excited if, like, oh, shit, there goes, like, Karen Huger. But, so like, you would definitely be at the 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 welcome party if you lived in that small town. To report back on this podcast, sure. But otherwise... <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You would have gone. For Luann and Sonya? I don't know if I would have. The biggest celebrities to come to Crappy Lake? <laughs> And the chance to be oh, on you're TV? saying if I live there, yes, not fly in for that. I don't know, but I just, I just don't like. I, I don't. I don't think I'm expressing what I'm trying to say properly. But I just like, I don't like it being like, oh, like, I, I just don't want them to feel like, oh, these people are so above us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want that to be the vibe. If that makes sense. Oh, you don't want. And them there's like to treat 
them like Jenna Lyons gets treated on Roni. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I will say to their credit, it seems like they've been really nice to everybody. Sonia even met like a guy at a bar who she like hooked up with. Um, unfortunately, he was just visiting for like the weekend. He's from Louisiana or something. She was like, damn, I don't have like a you know, a little F buddy here in town. But yeah, it's been actually pretty cool. Like they're trying to, um, they're doing auditions for like a little um, town talent show. And I they're just running those interjects yeah. how much I love Luann's evolution from like prim and proper countess to like slutty old lady. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I feel like she dropped that husband in every season. She had a new man. <laughs> a new man and then were her and sonia didn't they like have sex with the same person wasn't there like a whole there was a whole thing about so i came into roni late but i do remember that being a topic of conversation i can't remember if like maybe ramona had slept with him too it was like he was literally like being passed around by like all of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was definitely 100 a thing yeah oh gosh (laughs) I only saw a few episodes earlier on when she was, I guess, an official countess. But yeah, I bet she's having a lot more fun now because she is really, she's cutting loose. Um, but yeah, do... I think she's, I think she's really pretty, like having a good time. What were you gonna say? As I said, did she do a cabaret show for Crappy Lake while she was there? Not yet, but I have a feeling she'll probably perform when they actually do do the talent show. <laughs> but the other cool thing they're doing is building a playground for the town or for some neighborhood or whatever. Um, so they were like there, they were like clearing out brush and, you know, all that kind of stuff and trying to call in a favor to get the playground set. So it's actually, it's kind of cute. It's only half an hour or so. I like it. It's kind of like a... I feel like this is going to evolve into like Luann and Sonia do America or something, you know, <laughs> they go from small town to small town, building playgrounds be... and breaking hearts. <laughs> I, I would that I'd actually be into it. It'd kind of be like a, a, a golden, um, simple life. <laughs> I, hey, you should, you should pitch it to the ladies. <laughs> actually like know someone who's like a producer of bravo maybe i could maybe i could <laughs> so i had one quick correction from our summer house martha's vineyard oh. episode friend of the pod ashley chimed in about when we were i was saying that jasmine had told mariah to move to new york <laughs> and then they had to live in jasmine's car mm-hmm. so i was right <laughs> No, was, yes, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, well, first of all, can I finish my statement? So, yes, I was right. Jasmine told Mariah to come and then found out Mariah found out Jasmine's getting evicted. Where I think maybe you got it, or we both got mixed up, was that they had to stay in Mariah's car. So, not only did Jasmine tell Mariah to come to New York, she didn't even have a car for them to stay in. So maybe that's why you thought it was Mariah, because they were in Mariah's car. You can look it up if you want to. I am. I am. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll do more research on my own time, but I don't believe it. But thank you. 
friend of the pod for <laughs> the correction. <laughs> you all right? I no. think I mentioned before. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh, you actually sound like them. Uh, but yeah, well, who's I mentioned him? before I'm watching Love Island UK. You sound like them. <laughs> There's a care. One of my favorite characters on there is a Jess, and she's always like, "I'm all right. You all right?" Like, I can't really do a British accent, but yeah, no, I was just Americans. <laughs> I feel like my my British accent starts going southern, but so yeah. So they're. In- this is maybe very nerdy, but I recently saw a you know, something on social media. Are you going to talk about that that YouTube? What YouTube about English and British accents, like uh, Southern accents, are the closest to British accents, mm-hmm. and how yes. like French and Creole and like the Southern mm-hmm. Louisiana drop. It was interesting. I was like, oh, it was really yeah. And if you saw the same video, like the, the person who's speaking, they like flow from the Southern accent into the British accent mm-hmm. and same for the Creole and French. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really cool video. Yeah. But yeah, so they're in their final, final week. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so glad I started watching this show. As I mentioned, it is like 60 plus episodes long. <laughs> And it is truly the highlight of my day every day watching it. Like, it's so entertaining. And I just, there's so many, like, cast members I love on there. And, yeah, I don't, I, I think for those who watch, I think it's going to be Whitney and Lockin. I don't know. Like, Whitney may have lost a few points for her beef with Ella and maybe for telling, um, telling Ella B what Mitch had said about her. But... I still think she's a fan favorite and people seem to really like lock into you. So I think they're going to win. Um, I, so I'm not a black mirror girl, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to watch that. Joan is awful episode. Did you watch that one. Mm-mm. So it's like the first episode of the new season and it stars. Oh my God. What's her name? She's the daughter on shit's. Yeah. Daughter on shit's Creek. I think I started like that Anna, episode, but didn't finish it. Anna Kendrick. Not nope. Annie Murphy. Anna Kendrick is from Pitch Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, Annie Murphy plays the main character, Joan. And like she comes home one night chilling with her uh boyfriend or fiance. I don't remember. They open up the Black Mirror version of Netflix, which is called, I think, Streamberry. And uh she sees Sam Salma Salma Hayek in a show called Joan is Awful and she looks suspiciously like the uh main Joan and um you know this because the main Joan has these like really awful chunky blonde highlights just right at the front of her hair so it's (laughs) it's pretty noticeable and then she starts watching the show and everything that's happening to Salma's Joan is what has happened to her like that day and so she's like, what the fuck? Like, how did they, you know, how did they know this? So I will not spoil it for the girls who do not like scary things like me. This episode is not scary at all. Um, I mean, unless you're like freaked out about like AI, like I guess privacy law, which 
you know, I guess I feel like it's more of like an existential fear. So I guess content warning, but it's getting real. It's getting real. (laughs) Right. But overall, I found it very entertaining and yeah, um, it, it was, it was a really good episode. So I would love to, if you've watched it, let's talk about it. And the final Wait, thing. You is, said you, yeah. you don't watch much Black Mirror. Did you see the episode with Anthony Mackie? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, when the same friend of the pod who I mentioned earlier, she was visiting one time, she was like, girl, you've got to watch this episode. <laughs> so I did watch that's the, the video game one, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I did watch that. Yeah. Real spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is that is one of the few that I've seen, yes. <laughs> so the last thing is I've been watching the World Cup. Typically, the women's US national soccer team is a dynasty. It has been a struggle. This World Cup, I stayed up and watched um their game. It came on at 2.45 a.m. this morning, they play Portugal, and basically the U.S. only needed a draw to advance. So luckily the game ended 0-0, but Portugal was really kind of running the show, and they had one shot in that second half that it literally bounced off the um the goal post. So U.S. was very close to being kicked out. So um I don't know what they got to do. I don't know what they need to do in their practices or what kind of pep talks they need from their coaches, but it is feeling very different from the, um, what was the last one? The 2017. Mm. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The 2019 World Cup. It's feeling very different. They were clear cut winners in that one. And whew, yeah, I just, I hope this is not the way Megan Rapino go out, goes out. Cause she said she's like um, retiring after this. So yeah, hope they can get it together, but I'm nervous for for the dolls. Yikes. Is it yeah. like different team or like same people from last time? I mean, it's a it's a good number of the same people. Um like some of the um like the commentators were saying like there was one woman she uh retired I think in 2021 and she was like I think in a way like maybe they've become more into I guess like the accolades and like actually winning I think she put it like nicer than that but that was the gist of it Mm. um just kind of like maybe like it's uh, some of the confidence is kind of moving towards arrogance and Mm. you know so I don't know maybe this is the wake-up call that they need I don't know but I hope they can get it together before that next game wow Good luck, guys. USA. USA. Yeah, this is like the most patriotic you'll ever see me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but anyways, you have anything else, Cam? Nope. All right. Well, you can um, listen to us on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, and you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Their Eyes Were Watching TV, and we are on Twitter and TikTok at TEWWTV Podcast. So, yeah, check us out, tell your friends, and thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Come back next time.
Bye. <laughs> Bye, Barbie. Bye, Kim. <laughs> you could have also said bye Barbie. <laughs> I don't know why. I forgot there are multiple Barbies. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>